Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, I don't know if I'm your host for the day. I'm your host for right now, at least. Uh, Jesse Montano, joined by our, uh, our our good friend making the Canadian voyage still, AJ Hayfley up there in Winnipeg, and Blaze Hunter making the appearance on a weekday pod. Uh, always good to see the two of you. Uh, yeah, we're missing Rudo right now, but uh, we'll track him that eventually. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. Wonderful. It's the start of the week. <laughs> it's Monday, <laughs> so everything's great. But, I mean, good news, right? Like, coming out of today, yeah. you're hearing that Bo Byram's back with the team. Got to be excited about that. Great news. Uh, was a good way to I start mean, the week. traveling with the team, that's good. Uh, I'm yeah. spending most of my day being nervous about the national championship game tonight. <laughs> uh, as I am the torchbearer oh, of DNVR. So right. the one the one sitting around being nervous that I am going to do something to jinx the Jayhawks. I was going to say, I always forget <laughs> that you're a Kansas fan. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, good luck. Congrats on making it this far. It's you been a personally. lot of fun. I have I have enjoyed it greatly. So. Good. Uh, well, yeah, as Blaze said there, uh, we are going to get to the Bo Byram news. Uh, let's, let's touch on it a little bit, then I do want to circle back to it and get into a little bit um, more in-depth conversation in terms of where he fits, how we kind of see this going. But, yes, uh, Bo and Byram was recalled from his conditioning stint with the Colorado Eagles in time uh, to make the trip to Pittsburgh with the team today. The team will then go – they'll go from Pittsburgh to Winnipeg, then to Edmonton. Uh, before returning back home with some days off in between. Uh, like I said, we're going to circle back to this. So before, without getting too far, just kind of your as initial thoughts, AJ, uh, when you saw the news break this morning. I mean, I thought it was funny that it would, Bednar was like, oh, he'll go back. He'll go back to. Uh, he'll go back with the Eagles and play on Friday for his third game for the last of his conditioning stand, and then we'll decide. And then the next day it was like the team called him up. And you're like, okay. Like the classic, like this, it's a classic avalanche. So uh, that's what I mostly thought about it, but him traveling with the team, like, look, all of this is moving in the right direction, but until homeboy is in the lineup, it's not to me. It's just not news yet. So we'll see. Blaze, any any differing thoughts? No, I mean it's just good to see him back with you know with the team. Like if he's traveling with the team, you feel like he's going to play during this road trip. Why would you bring him back just to fly around and just to see if he can handle the the trip? Yeah, I mean, right. you feel like he's I mean they did that already at some point. Yeah. Like they they did the whole travel and see how he did, and then he traveled and played, and so I think I mean I think this is all setting up for him to play, but until. Until we get that news, I'm just yeah. – we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, so Exciting. we're going to – yeah, for sure. So we're, we're going to circle back to this and, and get in a little bit more of the minutia of, of what you guys were just talking about. What's the point of him going on this trip? Uh, when should we expect to see him? Where in the lineup should we expect to see him? Um, and kind of expectations for once he gets in. Um, only other real news for, for the day coming out of the abs is they're traveling today, so it's like a full hard off day for them. Uh, yeah. In terms and of any media, they will be doing the to the surprise of 
nobody. They will be doing the extra day in Pittsburgh. They will yes. not be coming to Winnipeg early. <laughs> uh, and then practicing here. They will be staying in Pittsburgh and spending the extra day there. Man, do you want, do you want me to send over the Simpsons thing that I do every time you go to Winnipeg? <laughs> I just post that up. <laughs> That's why they're not going. If, to I Winnipeg. mean, if you want to, but yeah, I was like, I asked, so I knew, like, do I have to go and figure out how to get into this damn arena on Thursday, or am I good? And they were like, nah. Man, we're what gonna, does that say about Winnipeg? That. that the team's like, you know what? We'll chill in Pittsburgh. We'll hang out well, here. Well, there's, there's like, ask anybody from Winnipeg, man. Like, there, there's nothing to do here downtown. <laughs> like, there's, there's plenty of like stuff to do during the summer and all that, but none of it is downtown. Downtown is like the arena, literally connected to like a hotel, casino, restaurant. And then it's just like businesses. No, just, like there's, well, you just, sold me on casino though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's not a lot. There's just not a lot to do downtown, and you're not gonna go like venture out into Winnipeg. So, you know? knowing what you know about Winnipeg, if you were an NHLer with a ten-team no-trade list, would Winnipeg be on your list? Yeah. There you go. Says it all. Yeah. I well, this would be great off season show. Um, like yeah. what, oh, yeah. what are our no trade lists? But <laughs> it would be it would be honestly most of Canada. Um, and it's not. I love spending my time in Canada. Like I I love when I'm up here. It's is just it, it's it not a Canadian teams, thing. Is it based on so. team structure or just no. the location? Some of some of it. It's a lot of factors, <laughs> but it would be like. It would be like Winnipeg would be a no, Montreal would be a no, Toronto would be a no, and Vancouver would be a no. Wow. That's four of them right off the bat. And you'd have to, I would have, I would be debating really, really hard on Edmonton and Calgary because I just don't find Alberta all that appealing. I thought it was really interesting. Edmonton. I'm adding Edmonton. Edmonton is definitely (laughs) a no. Maybe Calgary. Oh, man. There's stuff to do in Edmonton. In real time, we just saw him flip on on Edmonton. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was interesting, and like I felt silly for having never thought about it with the Donov and his no trade. He had all three California teams on his no trade. Yep, mine would also be too high. My, I, I, my, yep. I, I never considered that. The California would be three of them, so I'm at eight of ten already. <laughs> um, and then it's probably the two. It would probably be the two Florida teams beyond that. Really? Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow, no state tax. So I, I mean one I don't make, one I don't make because... enough enough money for that to matter to me. Well, I know, but if uh, you, if in this situation where you have a no move clause, yeah. So you have one because there's too much tax in California, and then another state where there's no state tax. Undercook, overcook, right to jail. Crazy. Yeah, see, I want to live somewhere like in the middle. Uh <laughs> I don't want because I don't like I don't like Florida's climate. I also am not fond of Florida as a place. Um, I don't have many positive experiences with it, so that's a big reason why Florida's there. And then AJ Cal- is California, not a Florida man. Yeah, Cal- <laughs> California. There's a lot of reasons all the California teams are on there. Um, Keith Yandel almost had a uh, really bad experience in Florida, but he sidestepped it. 
went to Philly to try to avoid that bad experience and then ended up getting it anyways after he broke his Ironman streak. Uh, Keith Yandel was officially scratched, I believe it now two nights ago, uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers, Toronto Maple Leafs, ending his Ironman streak at 989 consecutive games, coming up just 11 shy of 1,000 in a row. Um, sparked a bit of controversy. This is obviously what I was referring to there uh, last season. <clears throat> There was a report came out that Florida was considering scratching him, which would have ended his Ironman streak before he hit the record. Um, the players essentially revolted, got him to be kept in the lineup. He scored a goal that night, uh, and then he played every game since then, broke the all-time NHL Ironman record, uh, Ironman streak record, only to have it broken by a healthy scratch, 11 shy of 1,000 when the Philadelphia Flyers are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs with just a dozen or so games left to go blaze based on your body language i think you and i agree which means that you and i disagree with aj yes. <laughs> <laughs> i was so anxious to see who it was that i agree with uh blaze why don't you start about start us off what are your thoughts on them scratching him to make him come up 11 shy of 1,000 consecutive NHL games. Played. Yeah, I'm not going to make the case that Yandel's playing good enough to, like, you know, warrant some special, special treatment. But, like, you have to understand where he's at and what those milestones mean to players yep. uh, to understand. Now, now, if the Flyers were a playoff contender um, that, you know, were maybe right on the bubble, I could see that case of, like, look – you're not doing it for us. We got to win. We yeah. have to find a better solution. I mean, he, he's been red rotten. Um, but, you know, if you're not going to make the playoffs, having him in the lineup and then bringing in other players, new players from the AHL maybe, he's a great coach for them. He's had a yeah. great career. Um, and, you know, this is what happens as players get older. They kind of – they just lose that edge and they kind of just fade back. But I think – you could give the guy 11 games this year on a on a franchise that's basically just in the dumpster right now. Yeah, a franchise that needs as many wins as they can get uh, and as many good uh, – I guess I'm not necessarily like PR, but, like, you, you need some good feels. Um, yeah, stopping this that, that shy of the next kind of big milestone, uh, I'm with you. And, and I think the point of him being a good kind of coach for young players – um, it's something not a lot of people are talking about. AJ, you're on the other side of this. 11 games shy of 1,000, but doesn't matter. If, you if you're not good enough, not good enough? Uh, well, I, it's not even so much of that bottom line for me. It's the biggest thing is that Florida was going to do this. This is now the second time in two years that a team wanted to scratch him and almost didn't out of respect for the Ironman streak. And it's look. I'm sorry, but would would any of us? What would any of us give up to have played in the NHL? Oh, like yeah. a lot, right? Like if we had yeah. had that opportunity, if we'd had that talent, if we'd had that path open to us, it is a privilege. It is a privilege to be in the NHL, and there's a certain attitude. And I, Keith Yandel, by all accounts, is a pro's pro. You know, he is a guy that approaches the 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 coming coming to the coming to the rink. 
and having a good attitude and going about his business and all that, right? So I don't want to I don't want to 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 say that he's taking it for granted, but it is a privilege to be in the NHL and you have to fight and earn every spot of that. And the fact that the fact that suddenly we're changing that mentality because a guy just hasn't gotten hurt for a long time. Well, you know, if you've watched any any number of Flyers games this year, and unfortunately I've subjected myself to a few of them, <laughs> I, I can tell you that during a game, the guy has treated it like drop-in. And it's I don't think it's just a case. I Really, I don't think it's a case of uh, he just doesn't have it anymore. Or he's washed. He's hit the wall, all that. He doesn't look interested in this at all. He doesn't. He looks like he is cashing a seven hundred thousand dollar check or whatever he's making this year, and getting and getting out of there. And the only reason that this didn't happen earlier is because Florida also did not choose to scratch him when it wanted to. Had Florida had the stones to just do it and cut bait, we never would have been in this conversation. And all this stuff about like, oh, Mike Yo is desperate and trying to keep his job and this and that, like. Mike Yo's had several kicks at the NHL head coaching can. I think teams probably have an idea that he's not the answer. And as like an interim guy, I would be pretty surprised if he came back for the Flyers. And I would be surprised if he got, you know, if he if he got another head coaching job somewhere. As an assistant, he might be aces. He could be Joe Sacco. Just has fallen into multiple head coaching opportunities, right? I, I don't think it's anything like that. I think that I think that the Flyers, you know, we can all talk about the merits of the people running that organization, but I think that that's an organization that views itself differently than we view it. That's an organization that wants to turn things around immediately next year, and they want to be right back in the playoff hunt. And part of doing that is not allowing the acceptance of losing to seep into your culture. And I think part I think part of what this is about is them saying nobody is safe. We ended this guy's Iron Man streak because he wasn't cut, he wasn't cutting it. He wasn't giving us a, a, ba- a base level of play. He wasn't giving us he was not meeting expectations. We're gonna look around at different options for guys that we think can help us moving forward because we have next year to think about. And instead of instead of using these last however many games, 15 games of the season and just being like, they don't matter. We don't care. They're going to try and make them some sort of useful. How many times do we see bad teams have a strong 10 games at the end of the season and try and use it as a launch pad into a positive season next year? We're watching Buffalo do it right now. We're watching Montreal do it right now. And so I think that they're saying this is an opportunity for us to try and try and get things started for next year a little bit. And this guy's not going to be a part of it. This guy's not, we, we will, we, we have all the veteran respect in the world for what he's contributed to the game and to the league and in his career. I I disagree with that now. I don't think think that I, I think that they just said, look, this is the end of the road. You're not, you're, we're not getting anything out of you that we find useful. And again, it's a privilege to be in the NHL. It's a privilege to be in the lineup and your head coach makes a certain decision, especially a lame duck head coach that I don't think is coming back. I just don't, I just don't think that it's, I, 
they all he was already done a solid that he got to break the record in the first place when Florida wanted to scratch him and chose not to. How many more solids is this guy going to get just so that this one record could stay intact when he's out there not actively playing the kind of defense? I mean, if it's it's been Matador all year. I'm not kidding when I say it looks like the guy's playing drop-in. He's not doing any of the little things that you want out of a defenseman, man. And he's never been an overly, like, physical, like, gritty guy. But when you're already that play style and even you lose what was there, I just I just think at some point you look at it and you're just like, the guy doesn't belong in the NHL anymore. Uh, well, was he really that bad last year, though? I mean, he was. I was going to say. I think he was okay in Florida, but – they wanted to scratch him at the start of the year last year and they chose not to. And he ended up playing okay for them and things like worked out. Right. And everybody was like, cool. But like they wanted to scratch him and they were, and this whole conversation happened last season. Right. And, and so for me, because the way all this happened last season shows to blaze's point, what these milestones mean to the players and not even the players that are hitting them themselves, but just to see guys do that. He ended up having an okay year last year. And like, to your point, watching Flyers games, he's treating it like drop-in, but has that the rest of that team not been treating this whole season like drop-in? Like, the energy level hasn't been there. They, they've obvi- they, they were just kind I mean, there's of all... there's obviously a lot wrong with the Flyers this year. Like, they, that's they way sleep- too talented of a team to have gone as sideways as it has. But... They, they sleptwalked through all the way up to the deadline... Everyone kind of looked like they were just waiting for Giroud to get traded. And for me, you are right. It's a privilege and you've got to work. And yet his play is dropped off and maybe he's a little disengaged, but like to me, he, he has earned those 11 games. Like to this point, he has put in the work. He has been available. He's been there. All of those guys in that locker room. I mean, James Van Riemsdyk came out after the game and was essentially like, yeah, I don't like it. I I don't like that. That was what they did. I get, they have decisions to make, but we, the players don't like it. I actually think it's kind of counterproductive to what you were saying. Like we're trying to set us up to feel good going into next year. You just kind of pissed off a lot of the veterans in your room. And like, for me, it's just one of those things where he earned it. If you don't want to bring him back, don't bring him back. But let the dude get to the thousand games. Those those eleven games aren't going to do anything for you. With he, him being in the lineup, isn't going to make a difference either way for your springboard to next year. Since you have a lame duck coach, you're going to have changes to the team. You're going to have changes to the bench. There's going to be so much that's different about this team. Why upset some of those leaders in your room? Some of those veterans in your room when you could have just showed a little bit more goodwill to someone who's had a very good NHL career and has had a down year with the rest of a bad Flyers team. You got 67 games of goodwill this year. Yeah. Right. So, so my point is Curtis what's 11 McDermott more plays on the <laughs> Curtis McDermott plays on the Colorado avalanche. Like, right. why can't you do Like, and that's like a, you know, a team that's competing for something. Keith Yandel is playing worse right now than Chris McDermott, probably like with the drop-in yeah. style that he's playing. But they're on a team that's going nowhere. Like I feel like, you know, I, I understand giving the opportunities, but like I was talking about before, I think the coaching there of valuable, right? Like maybe it's not 
the on ice stuff, but like what you were saying, AJ, the way that he handled himself outside of the rink as well, like how he preps for the games, all that stuff. Like those are stuff that he can then pass on for a team that's going nowhere right now. So he's not dead guys. Put him on the third, put him on the third line and let him play eight minutes a game. (laughs) Abs are good with that. (laughs) What'd you say, AJ? He's not dead. Oh, <laughs> like you're, you're like, oh, well, he's he's doing. He can show all these young guys all the how to prep for games and how to, homie. He can still do all that. Well, no, no, but but, he's but just like not, he's just not actively hurting the team on ice anymore. And like, I get that the team is going nowhere. Like, I yeah. get it. But yeah. if we were if we were in the same situation in Colorado, think back to the forty eight point season, and you had a young guy that you wanted to see somebody that had been playing well with the Eagles. And you're like, Hey, I want to, let's get that guy up here or let's let Keith Yandel keep playing games because he hasn't missed one since like 2009. (laughs) I'm sorry, but for me, I'd be like, I'm, I don't care about the rest of the season. I'm using this to try and find anybody that may be helpful next season and being like, okay. So let me ask you this. We, we talked leading up to the deadline that one of the reasons why we thought the Flyers would be more interested in what the Avs had to offer than really anyone else because they're high-end defensive prospects, right? And that was what Ooh. Philly needed. Yeah. Who, Justin Barron would be right for them. Oh, it would have been perfect, yeah. Who, who is it that the Flyers have to get a look at for these last dozen or so games? I mean, that's their call. Like I don't, well, I don't, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't. So I guess, I guess the dude, point, the dude that took his place is not somebody I'd ever heard of, and I was like, and, I have no idea. And, and, but, and you're and you're pretty tuned in to prospects and and teams pipelines and sure. And but there are a like lot that. of there are a lot of people like that could that guy could that guy could be Devontae's in three years because nobody had ever heard of Devontae once upon a time. You know the sure, Islanders. But I mean. The Islanders iced a guy, a third Hutton exists. Did you guys know that there was a Grant Hutton? I did not. And the Islanders iced that guy the other day. And I was like, what the shit? And like, maybe that guy ends up like, you don't know. Like if, what if, what if Ryan Graves never gets the opportunity in Colorado because. Yeah, but, that, they were but Ryan somebody. Graves didn't get, didn't get 11 games worth of opportunity and turn into a, a, a first line, a first pairing defenseman for a year. Like. I think yeah. you're overselling the significance of these last few games here a bit. And that's kind I of do. the point is the, the games were already so whatever that why not just let him get, if he wasn't as close to a thousand games as he was, I wouldn't have a problem with it. It's got to come to an end in, at some point. The, the thing is though, is I don't think any games. of this, any of this matters though. He already is the NHL record holder. A thousand numbers is just a random number. Like it's a good even number no, that you can be like it's a thousand, thousand games. It's a mile. So Kessel, it's a milestone. That's Kessel a huge milestone. Break it anyway. Well, well, no, but but the the point is like a thousand games. Like you, you can't shrug off a thousand games. Like I just did. Get, I, I know, and and you can't do it. Like you <laughs> can't do did, it. Like that's 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 a huge deal to hit over the course of a career, let alone. Yeah consecutively like i mean that that's like saying oh wow we just did our biggest month ever in terms of you know podcast downloads well, it doesn't care it's just a number doesn't matter it's a number no we're that's gonna, real we're that's gonna real. break it again next month 
<laughs> but you don't know that. He you gotta, dandles he, not. You got. You got to. Yeah. 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 He dandles. You got to. You got to be con- continually hitting new milestones. Yeah, milestones matter. Year. He has the milestone. He is the NHL record holder. Well, let's AJ. AJ. First, do you think that this is a, a noteworthy accomplishment? Being a healthy guy, like, do you think that should be something yeah. that they track? Okay. I've, I've always liked the Iron Man streak. I've always thought it was cool. I'm mad yeah. that Sam Gerard had his ruined by COVID. And then, yeah. like, he got legitimately hurt, so now it's okay. But, like, I yeah, let's... I, I get it. Like, yeah, I'm not – it's not lost on me how many – like, we celebrated Claude Drew playing a 1,000 games. <laughs> yeah, here, Remember, that not that long ago, <laughs> imagine had he played in every single game up to that point. Yeah. I understand the significance here. I get yeah. I get it. I have respect for the award, but I don't I don't have respect for letting guys in the lineup. It does it not go against like hockey's like ultimate ethos to let a guy in your lineup for an individual award like that? An individual accomplishment when he has in no way contributed success to the team. We're talking about how the team is horrible and no, all that. No, has his play no. not been a part of that? He's horrible. It yeah, could be but, a symptom of it as well. But the other thing that you have to look at too is like, Jesus. He, <laughs> we'll get to this in one second though. Uh, like he's, <laughs> he kind of has that, like it's an Iron Man record for the city of Philadelphia that just lost its huge superstar. Did this have that something that you can celebrate, I guess, to yeah. bring in people and the seats for him accomplishing a milestone? And I are the P- are fl- legitimately nice even number? Are Flyers fans showing up to I watch would. watch Keith Yandel play a thousand his thousandth <laughs> game in a row? Keith Yandel to be there for that historic night. Yeah, for, again, again, broke I, unless something happens. One thousand consecutive games. It, it it doesn't go against like the base of you know hockey culture. I I, I can see where you're going That's with that. I, I get it. But I like it doesn't though because that that should tell you how much players in the league respect the fact that he's even been able to get this close. I hear what you're saying about the healthy scratch thing in Florida and the way those players reacted should tell you what this does mean to like hockey culture and players within the league and on the team. And I just if he was 50 games shy of a thousand, then it's like, yep, who cares? Sucks to suck, you know, whatever. You're 11 game shot. You've got nothing to play for. The team has been terrible. Like, let's not act like it's Keith Yandel dragging this team down. Like the team has been horrible. Carter Hart hasn't really been any good this year. Mike Yo is going to get fired. There's just, there was just no reason to not at least let him get to 1000 for him, for him. It's something that he's worked hard for his whole career. He's 11 games shy. I just thought the timing of it was the part that sucked. It's not like they're going to do anything with these last 15 games. Well, the other part too, is like, what does this look like for the flyers as well? Like as you're starting to rebuild your team, you've got this young team, you're going to have to have veterans come in. Are veterans going to want to sign with Philly? If they look like they might be a contender when they know that they just, you know, yeah, it's another great having point. a rough patch. They're going to they, scratch you they, when, in a meaning of time. Handle? You think a free agent may not want to sign with the Flyers because a yes. coach that's not there anymore got benched? 
Yeah. I mean, when you start thinking I about like all those guys so. know each other and talk and like they see what how clubs treat each other, like they know what they're going into. That's why there's places that are hard to get into. Even like, you know, a player just might say something bad and then they don't want to go there and they have another option. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that does in the same way that I think Vegas has talked, you know, players out of that being like a real big destination for them with the way that they've handled player player relations over the last couple of years. And that's um, why guys keep re-signing with them. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll, we'll see now after this season with the way that stuff is gone, but I mean, who, who's re-signed with them long-term since the flurry stuff and now the Dodonov stuff. Like it's just, I mean, didn't both Zach Whitecloud and Braden McNabb sign like four year deals? Yeah, those are those are those are the big names you're chasing. Yeah, um, but 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 the, but the point is just like that, that that player relations stuff. Like, it means something. How you treat your players, stuff like this. I I, I think it means more than than you're giving it credit for. This is the new age of NHL players as well. Like, it's not the you know point. old old school like you know, hard nose hockey that everyone talks about. Like there's feelings being discussed about how people are being treated and stuff like this. You know, it's just, it's, the, it's changing the player de- demographics changing. So I don't know. To be determined, I guess. Keep going. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, like it's to be determined, like what effect this has, if any, because like, again, it, nothing's going to happen now. Like it, it sucks. So I guess we'll see if, you know, people say, I don't want to go there, but we'll always speculate because no one's going to come out and be like, well, it's because the way that they treated Keith Yandel. <laughs> no one's ever yeah. going to say that. <laughs> Which would be crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Players may not want to go there. They may want to go there. You should go to Lightshade Dispensary. They are now offering Wana Optimal's fast acting edibles if you need to catch up on some shut eye after the big game no matter when you take them this well-rounded recipe will leave you feeling rested and refreshed in the morning over-the-counter pharmaceuticals knock you out with powerful drugs that leave you in a fog wanna optimals fast asleep gummies offer a holistic plant-based solution that tackles the root cause of sleeplessness like stress and pain rather than simply inducing drowsiness fact Fast-acting sleep aid will have your eyelids feeling heavy in just 5 to 15 minutes. The carefully calibrated formula contains 10 milligrams of CBD with just a hint of THC plus the sleep hormone melatonin, which I am all about. Uh, You can find Wana at Lightshade, which is Colorado's premier dispensary, with 10 and actually now 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations, offering something for everyone from the casual consumer To the connoisseur, Lightshade has a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flower, edibles, uh, accessories, and plenty more. Podcast listeners, that's you guys, uh, can get 25% off non-sale items with code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. Uh, You can just go in and let them know, hey, I'm a DNVR podcast listener. Let them know that promo code DNVR and they can apply it for you guys. Uh, right there at the register. You don't have to do it online and insert the promo code, anything like that. Head on down to a light shade. Let them know 
I'm a DNVR podcast listener. Use that promo code DNVR uh, to get 25% off all non-sale items down at Lightshade, including those Wana Optimals Fast Asleep Gummies. Uh, we were also brought to you guys by DraftKings. College basketball fans, join in the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It is that simple. If they win, you win. Uh, you can also bet on college hoops with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, you got it. More money you win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sports. Uh, yeah, go go pick between uh, AJ's Jayhawks and, uh, oh, man, who are they even playing? North Carolina. North Carolina, that's right. I've told yep. the space. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNBR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win. Get 200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, that UNC Duke game, that was a great game. I can't believe I spaced that out. Um, hey, hey, hey. Thank hey. God I can, I can, I can. Uh... Oh, it's Phil Kessel. I just want to say, <laughs> I mean, all the stuff we're talking about right now means nothing because this, ladies and gentlemen, will be the Iron Man holder in <laughs> just a short time. And I hope they use this image when they like refer to it. You know, twenty years from now, when somebody is trying to break it, so. ladies, you don't have to like it, but this is peak male performance <laughs> right here. Right? Yeah, this this is what an Iron Man really looks like. Yep, <laughs> that is my favorite part of that. Is that like, with as much shit as people give Phil Kessel, like he's gonna end up being the Iron Man of Iron Man, Iron Man in the end, like NHL history. Like oh the toughest, God. like tough guy sport <laughs> yeah, in the mainstream, yeah. and you have that dude as the guy that doesn't miss a game. I, he's he's yeah. a brick shit house, though. Like, you know, like obviously now a little, a little bit like let himself go just a little bit, but he's still an NHL player. But I think he's day, always he was... been a guy that plays on one side of the red line. Like, oh, does it really sure. count as a thousand <laughs> games if he only played half of his shifts? I mean, hey, I mean. <laughs> The, the one to keep the streak alive just a couple weeks ago, he played one shift and then left and then literally just dipped. <laughs> so, For the birth of hell his yeah. child. That's, uh, like, yeah. I'm, I might miss the birth of my child, but I'm not going to miss this hockey game. That's some Cal and <laughs> stuff right there. Let's yeah. Yeah. So, one so, pitch at third base and then go puke <laughs> in the back or something. Right, right. So you, you bet your asset playing on 50% of the ice counts. <laughs> um. Well, actually, Rudo, you joining us is perfect timing because I was just about to get back to the Bowen Byram stuff, start digging in a little bit more. So let me ask you, before we get in too deep, uh, just kind of your initial thoughts seeing the news this morning. Yeah, I, my assumption is the only reason they'd call him up is to play. So I think it's super positive. But at the end of the day, for me, it's one of those things where I'll get excited when he's standing on the ice in a hockey game. 
That's what AJ said. You yes. guys are just like synced up. I like it. We've got rows of people. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the screen this, is very. We got to find where Rudo stands on this yeah. topic. In this, in that case, <laughs> Keith Yandel sucks. Uh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So let's let's dive into the Bowen Byron stuff because I think this is the news that Abs Abs Twitter cares about today, right? So uh, Byram goes down, plays two games on his conditioning stint. Uh, who watched the games? Did anybody watch the games? I watched Dude, the no. first one. Bit, bits and I pieces, didn't. yeah. Um, I, I tried to catch as much as I could, but AHL games are really hard to track down. Um, up and down is kind of the way that it was described from just about anyone that watched, uh, including Jared Bednar. Uh, he said, like, he, you know, he had some moments – he got engaged physically. There was a big scrum in the eight to one blowout. Um, and we asked, yeah, him, is, is Martin, he... Martin Furk went after him a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so actually let me pause there. I was, I was really curious to watch all of that. And he didn't seem to shy away from anything positive sign. Yeah. That he's yeah. not afraid of the yeah, contact. I... Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think he'd be out there if he wasn't going to be who Bo Byram is. If he wasn't comfortable being himself and playing in his own skin and doing his thing, he wouldn't be out there. And that's who he is. I agree. Yeah. But I also, dude's 20 years old. There's, like, <laughs> I mean, there's a level of mentality that I think is a little bit out of people's control when you take that first hit, when the first face wash you get. I think there's a little bit of apprehension there. And, he survived all of that and played the next night. So I think that's definitely, it's another checkbox, right? There's a, there's yep. another thing you're no longer worried about. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Blaze, you know, you, you coach kids that play at a pretty high level. How often do you see that where a kid takes a big hit and it takes them a little bit to want to go back into the corner? Oh, I mean, it depends on the kid, right? But you can tell when uh, a kid's shaken up and, you know, maybe not so like, wants to go into the into the corner first to retrieve yeah. the puck. So you just try to work them back into like easy situations. And that's basically what it is for Bo Byron to go play in the AHL is like, hey, go play against some flunkies that you can take advantage <laughs> of when you're feeling 100%. I'm using the word flunkies very lightly. <laughs> oh, shit. I love that. Flunkies uh, that would destroy 99.9% of the population. Yeah, of hockey players, yeah. Uh, but so, so yeah, he, he does all that. He survives. He gets through the two games. Uh, we asked Jared Bednar yesterday at a very optional practice. Um, is there a status update on Bo? What's kind of the thought process? One, we were trying to figure out, was he even eligible to stay down to play with the Eagles on Friday? And he said that, yes, he was, that would have been his third game, um, with the, uh, Eagles, which, is technically the limit, but AJ, I think you were telling me earlier this year it's pretty damn easy for teams in a minute to manipulate the conditioning uh, stint. You don't even have to manipulate it. You can just ask for an extension and say, "Hey, can I get three extra days?" Um, and they they'll just give you most of the time. They'll just be like, "Yeah," because that in, in the AHL especially, uh, the way that games are clumped up like that. If you just ask for a couple of extra, like that extension. It's like, hey, we just needed those extra couple of games to to make They'll him comfortable. Pretty much let you get the five games, no matter what. And yeah, like there's they start checking anything in that. On there's that really <laughs> not. Yeah, it's they don't they don't like 
like there's paperwork involved, but it's almost all almost all of it is just a formality. It is not a thing that like you have I to like. Are they going to get that extension or not? Like it's not <laughs> it's not a dramatic process. If they want it, the NHL, there's no reason not to. So, so he had the option to stay down for one more game and 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 Bednar at least one more game, and and, and Jerry Bednar said, "Look, as this whole process has been, we are leaving it up to Bo on what he feels comfortable with. Him and him and Joe Sackick will make that determination." Do I feel comfortable? Do I feel like I got enough out of these games that I can rejoin the team? Or do I want to stay with the Eagles for one more game? Um, the way he kind of worded everything and implied it all, I really thought he was going to end up staying one more one for one more Eagles game, which would have been I wanna, Friday. I need to go back and like rewatch the video, but I, I was pretty sure he was asked the question, is he going to stay? And he was just like, yeah. I, I think regardless, yeah, he's I'll clearly to, not. I'll, right. I'll have to go back and, and listen to it. Cause yeah, I, I, he, he, I, I don't remember if he said yes, or if he said, you know, we'll decide later or whatever, but either way, I, I just looking at the schedule, I was like, I just don't know. Why would you, why would he want to come back up if he can stay and whatever. So to me, the fact that Bo chose to come back up and go on this road trip must mean he's feeling pretty good. Right. I, I don't know why he would come up if he's not going to play. Uh, yeah. There could be some reason I don't understand there, of course, but it doesn't make a ton of sense for him not to play if he's coming on the trip. I mean, is this also just not like a testament to just who he is? Yeah. That he's like, they've, they've left it to him and he's like antsy and he's like, I want to get in there. I want to play. I want to play. I want to feel like, but he's being responsible about it and going through the process properly. Whereas sometimes you get guys who have high profile injuries that get nervous about coming back and getting re-injured. And so they kind of milk the recovery. Mm-hmm. And so Byron that's... was like, I got to go. We got to postseason to come up. Mm-mm-mm. I got yeah. a name to get. The, the, I got cup to get my name put on. We got business to take care of. I got to be ready. So that's something I want to pause on real fast because you know, a, a lot of people um, have talked about, oh, we'll just shut him down for this year. Things are more important than hockey. And and that's sure. true. But does this, like, people can forget, like, hockey is Bo Byram's life. Man. That is his calling. That is what gets him up every day is going to the rink, being around the team and and doing something he's dedicated his life to so to your point aj like i do think that this also is a great reminder that yeah you have to think about life after your career but these careers are a lot of these kids life like they spend their entire lives dedicating every waking moment to getting here because they want to you you don't get this far without wanting to i grew up playing with a kid Maybe, maybe the most talented person that I've ever played with. Um, he was all set to, he met his billet family. He was going to go play in the queue and on the plane right home, he looked at his dad and he said, I don't think I want to do this. I think I'm kind of burned out. He, he had a chance to go do it and he didn't want to, to get here. You have to want it. And I think that's something that we forget a lot is that there's a reason these guys fight through all of this stuff it's because it's their whole life. And look, at the end of the day, the way this has been handled, 
this is Bowen Byram's decision to come back. He's an adult. He can make his own decisions. Obviously, everyone wants what's best for his health, but we're never going to know the conversations that go on behind closed doors with Bowen Byram and his support, which he clearly has a lot of between his family and the Avalanche, giving him every avenue available to do what's best for him. And if his decision is he wants to come back, then he can come back. If he's ready, go for it. I think it's a win for everyone if that's what Bowen Byram has decided. Well, that's where, yeah, that's where the, 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 sh- the, the shut it down crowd um, always kind of lost me. Yeah. This same. is, this is yeah. his call. Right. Like, yeah. this is his thing. Like, the, the, they've, they've left this in his, his power. He's he gets to he gets to make the decision here, and if he's the one saying, "Hey, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling healthy, I I think I can come back and contribute," the abs are. Why would they be like, "No, we'll see you next year"? <laughs> if he if well, he feels like he's healthy and he feels like he's good to go, and he's especially after what he went through this year, now he knows what like a false start is in a return from the concussion. Mm-hmm. So he would have better experience. He would be the person to ask and say, hey, is this, are you really ready for this? And if he's saying yes, I don't feel like there's anybody in the world that should be trying to, to get in his ear and say otherwise. No. The other thing too is what you're going to see is it's not like he's not going to not play hockey, right? Like he's going to go back and he's going to play with guys that probably aren't up to the standards of an NHL player where injuries happen, but guys at 20 years old, they're always trying to get better. And, you know, you can tell them not to go do that stuff, but they're going to go back. They're going to play with their buddies that they grew up with. Like they still have friends that they know. There's still injury risk there. And if he, like you said, if he feels good to go, it's time to go. He's 20. They bounce back. Right. Right. So. And, and, and no one's going to understand yourself better than you, right? Yep. You're always going to know what you're thinking. You're always going to know what you're feeling. Um, and well, it's like, it's his health. Right. Yep. Right. Like you, In the same you, way that this, Eichel. Right. Like it's, it's his health. Yeah. Right. Like they, they, what I like about this situation, and I don't want to get too much into the piece that's already written that I'm just waiting to hit publish on. But what I like about it is the abs just said, Bo, this is up to you. They haven't rushed him. They haven't leaned on him. They haven't gone. and They went out and got help at the deadline with the idea of if he doesn't come back, we're, we're okay. We like the group that we have. We would obviously love to have him back, but we're not pushing. We're not pushing him. They're not pressuring him. He gets to decide this. And if he decides that he's good to go, there isn't anybody in the world that should be able to tell him no. Yep. That's this is this is not like this is this is not like uh you break up with a girl because she cheats on you and then she really she says she's super sorry, she wants to get back with you, and you're just like, but I love her, and you guys just don't under this is not that where like a mature voice can step in and be like No, <laughs> no, no. you don't <laughs> this relationship. You need to be done. Great, great analogy. Like, <laughs> and you need to be done. This is not that. This is something where the only person in the world who can truly tell us if he feels he's ready or not is him. Yep. Blaine, and after game say? one, and after game one, if he says I'm not ready, they're going to respect that decision as well. And like the right. I told you crowd will probably say that they're right, but like he's the one 
directing the narrative of where his career is going to go and what he's going to do this year. So, you know, I don't think anyone's pushing him. I know he's young, but he's a professional as well. He's starting to understand this process. Yeah. And, and where, where things have changed so much in the sport is there is a respect. There is an understanding and the abs are just like, look, if you ask us for resources, we'll give them to you. Yep. You can, whatever you want to do, you want to start skating. You want to, you have this big list of things and you look at the process and it's pretty obvious. This has been methodically done and planned out that, okay, he starts, he starts hanging around the team. Okay. He starts skating. Okay. He gets into a practice with a non-contact. All right. Now he's traveling with the team. Now he's practicing with contact. All right. Now he's doing everything. He's back. He's back in the NHL life. The, the only thing he's not doing is playing games. All right, well, now we got to get him into game action. So let's send him down to the AHL and get him into some game action. All right, that's done. The last box to be checked is back into an NHL game. That's it. That's all we have left to see from Bowen Byram in this process. And am I I biased in that I absolutely am, like, dying to see this hockey team healthy and at its full capacity and how good it could be? And the special run that it could go on, absolutely. Am I am I sitting here advocating for him to make a potentially disastrous decision with that in mind? No. All I want yeah. it's it's up to him, and that's yeah. it, it's the the discourse around this has been so weird to me that it's like he could be one hit from never playing again, and it's like <laughs> that's true of every single <laughs> everyone of these guys. Yeah. 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 So I want to, I want to start getting into the hockey side because I, I think the abs and its fan base and us all pat us on the back a bit here. You know, I think everyone has done a good job of understanding this isn't all about the on ice stuff right now. You've got to take care of this other stuff, but to act like the on ice part of it isn't part of the conversation is just not based in reality. So I want to get into that right after I remind you guys about our wonderful friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. They are the official beer of DNVR with regular seltzers now being sold at the bar. Uh, Breck Ridge Brewery. Uh, actually, you know what, Rudo? Do you want to do this one? Because you always crush the Breck Brew Reed. And I'm just going to crush your Breck Brew Avalanches for sure. Is, I mean, yeah, that I is true. Have those for every game. So <laughs> go get yourself one. You can get eight different kinds down at the bar on tap. You know, if you're staying home, if you're hanging out, I know uh, we were staying home for the last couple games. You can get them at your local liquor store, too, in all of the lower 48 states. They are in liquor stores with dozens of flavors. So highly recommend you check out Breck Brew. They genuinely make great beer. They have a flavor that if you like beer at all, even if you're AJ and you don't like beer, they have flavors <laughs> of beer that you like. They have hard I, I tell you what, man, I, I'm going to be wishing I had some Breck Brews tonight. Tonight goes well. Yeah, I was going to say, I need to bust out the beer bong and, and go ham for, for KU tonight. That's right. Uh, it's what you do after a natty, right? That's how that works. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's only ever happened one other time in my life, and I didn't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> Were you old enough to drink when it happened? Yeah. Okay. So we know what you did with your hands. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, if you're doing that, make sure it's a Breck Brew. Obviously, we? a long-time partner. Just put some so. serious masturbation on blast on the podcast. Wouldn't <laughs> be the first time, all right? God, man. <laughs> so I, I want to point out, Rudo says that he crushes a lot of Avalanche, Breck Brew Avalanche. Like as He said that as part of the tagline, but that is also 100% true. This dude just 
crushes Avalanche. They're good. I don't yeah. know what else to tell you. <laughs> during they games, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not typically something like uh, like with like that many hops, but I actually even like the Avalanche better than I normally do that that genre of beer. Yep. Um, Super good. Thanks. I'll take first assist on that, but thank you for putting that one home. Uh, so, yeah, let's 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 round this pot out by talking about Bowen Byram, the hockey player on the ice. Um, We're not going to talk about. Jay Beagle beating up Troy Terry at all this week? <laughs> no, I wrote. We have about any it. opinions on that? Yeah, Trevor Zegras said everything that needed to be said. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, wait, do we have which part? Do we? Are you asking for an opinion on the fight or the yeah. comments? Because I think I think we would all agree the comments were stupid um, from yeah. Tyson Nash, and then the fight I think is interesting because that has kind of divided a lot of people. I don't know. That that was something to me where I, you could tell that Beagle was just pissed and frustrated. Yeah. I It didn't look to me like Troy Terry wanted to fight. Yeah, I mean, he kind of, it's, I kind of viewed it similarly to when Zach Ronaldo knocked out Sam Gerrard. Yeah. Because Which Sam Tyson Nash like, also used all the same Sam Sam Gerrard like skated yeah. in, into his vicinity. And like Ronaldo was looking to do some damage. And so he looked over his shoulder and saw Sam Gerard near him and was like, got him. Guess I'm going to sucker this guy. And that was a little different because Sam Gerard's not even looking at Zach Ronaldo when he did it. But I think it was the same basic like mentality of this guy stepping to me. And so he opened up the door and I'm about to slam it closed with my fists. And Beagle, like, like Troy Terry's just defending his guy, right? And we see five of those scrums every game. They're just not that big of a deal. Everybody, like, hugs Nothing, each other. Yeah, for sure. And it's yeah. it's just not that big of a deal. And it just looked like Jay Beagle was pissed off. And he was like, I'm just, I'm going to wail on this dude. Yeah. And, like, you just let it happen. How many, how many, like, interesting fights have we seen broken up because the officials just, Jump didn't want to let it go. Yeah. Right. A certain Jerome Ginla fight coming to mind that never got to happen. Yeah. And like you just live, you're like, okay, that sucks. And then everybody moves on. But this is the opposite where you're just like, dude, are you gonna do something about this? Right. Like this dude, this dude is clearly not fighting him. Right. Like, I don't even know that his gloves came off. And well, I like I was good with Beagle being like, hey, let's fight, and then like Troy Terry was just like, I'm not interested. And I like, I came over here. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, I came yeah. over here to like defend my guy and pick, like we pair off in scrums. Welcome to the NHL. And then that happened. And it was just like, what the fuck is this dude? Well, and, and that was because Tyson Nash in, the, I, I had this exact thought. You mentioned the Gerard thing. When when that happened with Zach Ronaldo and Sam Gerrard, Tyson Nash used to say, "Hey, when you don't understand, when you're out there, it's fight or flight. You see someone coming at you, he's just defending himself. It's like, no, he sucker punched Sam Gerrard, and then he said the same thing about Jay Beagle. He's just defending himself. It's like if you're Jay Beagle and you can't determine what is, you know, where to draw that line between, like what you said, AJ, pushing and shoving, you know, face wash, you know, get in your licks." Like but that stuff happens. 
Right. That stuff happens all game. If you can't draw the line in your brain between that and just like savagely wailing on someone, well then maybe, maybe, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. You should be reevaluated as an NHL. But there's a, yeah, there's a code though too. I mean, you, most of the time, like you're talking about it before it actually right. starts. Right. right? Like, Not only you're you talking be about it, like you, when a fight starts, you drop your gloves, you yeah. grab the guy, you wait until his gloves come off. And then you start fucking punching him in the face, right? Right. <laughs> you don't just you don't just bam swing like. Yeah, square up. Yeah. If he's willing, he's willing. If he's not, then you know it's whatever. Then you get to chirp that guy that he doesn't want to go with you for the rest of the game, even though he's way more skilled than you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What What did you guys think of Zegras's comments on it though? Because honestly, I didn't really have that much of a problem with it. Didn't bother me at all. He's going yeah. to bat for a guy, and he's pissed off. Yeah, it's awesome. Not, I mean, the same that. way the same Future way Jay Beagle, the, the same way Jay Beagle was watching his team get blown out and watches Trevor Zegras poking at his goaltender in a five nothing game with like four minutes to play in the third or whatever it was. Like <laughs> you can understand, Jay Beagle's just going to defend his guy, and then it went way over the top, way over the top. Well, and, and yeah, he got in his lick with the cross check. The pushing and shoving should have come after that, and that that should have been the end. Yeah, over yeah. the top, I think, is a great way of, yeah. of kind of pushing that. Um, so there we go. So there's yeah, there's our obligatory hockey podcast Troy Terry conversation because couldn't that that was a big deal. Uh, I did write about it in the weekly five on five, which is now live. So make sure to go check that out along with a bunch of other stuff that happened last week. Um, but yes, let's, uh, let's get to Bo Byram quickly. Uh, there was someone yesterday in the media room who threw out potentially not playing him right away. Um, yeah, I agree. Don't play him in Pittsburgh, play him in Winnipeg. Really? Oh, I was like, interesting opinion. Um, so non-selfishly let's say you weren't going to be in winnipeg there's no reason not to play him tomorrow correct if he's with the team play him his call remains his call like if he wants to play there isn't any reason that the avalanche would say no on their side so that was going to be my next question if bo byram says coach i'm good i feel great i want to be in is there any reason I think Curtis McDermott has played his best hockey of the season. Yeah, the last I mean, 10 you days. really have to worry about the locker room dynamics and if players are going to want to sign with Colorado in the summer if they do that, oh if they do Curtis McDermott God. dirty like this. If Curtis McDermott oh was 11 God. games no. shy of a Just, thousand consecutive. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. No. We're taking totally, this back to the beginning where we started and re totally, this argument. I'm all just time. kidding. Yeah. But, but, like, I, I do that really, good, like, though. I think that uh, I I do think that that it is going to be hard because I think Curtis McDermott has like done what you've asked, and like his limitations as a player are his limitations. They are what they are, but he's filled in ably, and he has not been like this absolute demonstrative negative presence in their in their lineup. He's like he was bad the other day, but he's had enough days where you're like. It was fine, but this is also like this is also like his role. He's the guy that that kind of like moves around in your lineup and slides in and slides out. And this is also where going and getting veterans like Cogliano and Helm 
are really is really valuable and having guys like Jack Johnson on the back end is really valuable because those are guys that if they do get pulled out of the lineup in favor of Bowen Byram or a Sam Gerard or you know whatever uh in this case we're talking Byram so if that happens like that's the like McDermott is the obvious guy to go and I don't think that there's any kind of hard feeling there I think it's he can help the team win, and now whatever you guys need from me from this from this role, I'll be ready if you guys call my number. But I got you here yeah, now. Go do the risk. Go do the thing. Too deep at this point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean that's something that McDermott probably understood. Yeah, and we talked about in, in the offseason, having a role player who understands being a role player is an actual valuable thing. A guy who understands he's a seventh defenseman that he's going to come in and out of the lineup. McDermott's already played more than he probably expected to this year. Yeah. yeah. So I would, uh, especially on defense. So I would say you're good. He's the guy. Um, you you drop Bowen Byram in there, and I would say you. I mean, take it easy the first game. But if he's out there, absolutely killing it. You just feed him in the minutes. As as this whole process is gone, you, you give him whatever he feels comfortable with. If he gets halfway through the game and he's like, "Yeah, I, I can, I can keep playing a regular shift," keep playing him a regular shift. If you get into the first second intermission, he's like, "Ah, I don't know. I, I, I actually, I'm feeling a little funky. I'm, I'm, my legs aren't quite there. Whatever." Then you pull back. You, you just kind of keep operating the way you have all season, right? Yeah. Um. Blaze, Rudo, AJ, anything else to add on Bo, Keith Yandel, Troy Terry, any of the stuff that we've touched on today? Um, I don't know exactly what you guys said about Yandel, but if you wanted to show the guy respect and had no interest continuing to play him, was there really no team that wouldn't take him for nothing? Had that thought too. I had that thought too. Like Arizona, you didn't want... Meh. You didn't want him for nothing? I would have rather finished my year in Arizona than Philadelphia, that's for sure. Play some golf? Yeah. <laughs> him, <laughs> him, and, him and Phil, he could be just hammering pucks at Phil to try to, like, tweak something just enough for practice. Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan. <him. laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, I think I think that probably does it for today, who yeah? Be, who would be the Jeff Galuli in that situation? <laughs> like who's the guy that you hired to, to carry out the the hit on Nancy Kerrigan? In this case, Phil or Yandel. Maybe Claude they're Giroux. I mean, it's Jay Beagle off, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just to complete his week of villainy. Damn, I tied the whole thing together. The whole thing together. That's it. We're done. We're out of here. Jesse, Rudo, AJ, and Blaze. This is the DNBR Avalanche Podcast, uh, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, game tomorrow in Pittsburgh. Catch the pre and post game shows. We will talk to you guys then.